0: We're here, we're back. Welcome to Leafs Late Night. We are up on YouTube for the first time. Woo-hoo! We have many reasons to be happy. That was an exciting game. Uh, but we should do this properly. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast hosted by Roscoe and the fanalists tonight. Unfortunately, Sally couldn't make it. But welcome back, Steph.
1: Thank you, Johnny. Oh, I'm still just feeling the emotion after that game what an intense last couple of minutes oh my god so happy the Leafs pulled through though wow
0: so so happy uh so we are on YouTube for the first time if you're listening to us obviously you can't see us but if you're joining us on YouTube welcome to our very very first video podcast hit subscribe and you'll be able to watch every single one of these we're going to keep this up for the rest of the season uh, super excited to bring more and more to this show as we keep it going. We're just learning new things and trying new things out. So, uh, excited for this. And we'll have another announcement later on that I teased last week. So with that, let's get into this game. Like, this was exciting. Um, Leafs win, uh, despite until the dying minute me thinking they were going to lose. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> let's let's break it down. Let's start with the first period. Uh, again, this game was blacked out in Ottawa, so I had to find a totally not illegal stream of it. Um, you know what? Before we get into the game, I want to rant about that because this is stupid, and I think this needs to change. I'm really tired of this. Yeah. I pay for Bell. I'm just going to be upfront about um, the companies because we're we're not affiliated with any of them. Who cares? So I pay for Bell. I've got the sports package. Uh, my girlfriend even complains that we have, like, 15 sports channels, and that's basically our whole guide. Um, why does it tell me that the game is on, and that's what's on the channel if it's blacked out? Why is it blacked out? Like, I don't understand what their take is here. Like, if it's protecting Marcus, it's not working, because I'm I'm not just going to all of a sudden be a Sens fan. Like, if that's what they're thinking is going to be on this, like, that's insane. Um, I'm... Going to go out of my way and give profits to the ads of a free streaming site instead of Watching the ads that you guys are paying for to have on during the game Well, not you're paying for but the advertisers are paying for you're getting them like would you not Profit more from saying that every game is broadcast to more people than less people like I just I don't get it
1: it doesn't make sense. It's a total ripoff. We're already struggling with this economy. So it just grinds my gears, right? We spoke about this before. And oh, I feel so bad for you guys in the Ottawa area. Luckily, I'm in the Toronto area. So I don't get affected as much. But yeah, the second I got that text from you guys, I was like, no, I hope don't miss a part of the first period.
0: Well, and of course, I always do because even though the game's blacked out, it doesn't tell me it's going to be because not all of them are. It's pretty random when they are. So I don't know until the game has started, like until it's seven o'clock. I don't know that the game's blacked out because the pregame isn't. It'll just say, all right, I'm coming up. And then it just goes blackout in effect. I'm like, okay, so now I have 30 seconds to click through four minutes of ads that I'm going to have to. So again, I missed the first five minutes of the period.
1: What a tease. So it just. The biggest tease, you could just swing it right in front of your face, and then, nope, oh, sorry.
0: So uh, I'll let you start off the first period, and I'll pick up where I know what's going on.
1: Yeah, coming into this game, uh, we had high expectations, especially coming on... Uh, both teams were three and three, uh, in the last couple of games, right? And two time Stanley Cup champion, Stamkos returns home. So, you know, he's always going to want to play really well in front of his friends and family, but. Yeah, I have to say, the beginning of the first period, not looking great. It was more like the first six games for the Leafs where puck possession was not great. They had problems entering the zone, maintaining the puck. And even in those defensive zone face-offs, and if they won the face-off, they'd lose it again. So it, it was just giving me those bad vibes right off the start. And I was like... Oh Johnny, I hope you're catching this because I don't want to start this podcast raging, but I felt like that was going to be the tone of the game.
0: Yeah, the the least grinding lines were doing really well. I saw a lot that I liked out of the fourth line. Simmons, Spezza, and Richie were playing fairly well, considering uh not much expectation from that line. We we know what we're getting out of Spezza and you know the rest of it's just well, we'll see what happens. Simmons might punch somebody, but uh he was great. I mean, um, he had that steal behind the net forced an icing uh so tampa iced the puck Faceoff goes back to their end their tampa's fourth line is out they're completely just blown out tired and um simmons manages to steal the puck behind the net and forces another icing almost that's uh i forgot who it was up for a goal but almost not a good one and uh so tampa ices it again and we're like oh good we can get something here First line comes out and puck goes the other way and Tampa scores.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just a horrible play by Jake Muzzin once again. He should have shot that puck. I was literally screaming at the TV shoot shoot like come on I could see half the net wide open which is rare considering the size of Andre Vasilevsky, right so he's just playing around with the puck and then it gets blocked and that creates the turnover chance and a big rush up the ice which unfortunately results in a goal for Tampa and almost knocks out Jack Campbell too oh my god I was like no not again oh, Muzzin.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah Muzzin did not look great tonight neither did Brody unfortunately for a lot of the game um, and we expect that to kind of be the line that you you can rely on nothing going wrong but Muzzin's still not really returned to form like when everyone's playing well he looks fine but tonight when it's kind of shaky top to bottom he was off he was mm-hmm. real off and I mean he dove into the net on that last one I don't know what he was going for but he almost knocked himself out in the process that was Seriously. brutal watch
1: and Honestly, and you you knew that puck went in, but at the same time, it was like, what are you thinking, man? Like, if you can't catch up the guy, don't risk hurting your goaltender at the same time. But I got to say, when the 5-on-3 power play came on for the Leafs, though, that's when I had all doubt in my mind because it was We should
0: back up and talk about the hit before we get into the 5-on-3 power play.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just having like Um, these. Bad, like, PTSD thoughts from that power play, bud.
0: I know, I know. It was really bad. Um, Before that happened, uh, Bunting had a really good chance. Vasilevsky playing, just stands on his head. Absolutely robbed him. Then, uh, as I write, Lightning's defense kind of sucks in my notes. Um, Mitch Marner gets kind of a breakaway, or at least it looked like a breakaway. And uh, Mr. Best Defenseman in the world, Victor Hedman, goes for the hook. Ref's arm goes up, so, okay, penalty's coming, and Mikhail Sergachev just decides that he's going to steamroll his shoulder through Marner's head from the other side of the offensive zone, while the ref's arm is already up. Um, now, okay, so they both get offsetting, or not offsetting, but they both get minor um, penalties, one for hooking and one for elbowing, or shoulder, whatever it was, hit to the head. Um, the defense against not being a penalty shot, I'll give that, like, he was in the, he was crossing the blue line when he was hooked, so it wasn't exactly done when he was in a scoring chance, per se, even though he was on a breakaway. If that's what they're going to start calling penalty shots, because that's what it seemed like the last couple games, sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Cooper then argues if Marner got hit in the head, he shouldn't have been on the ice. He should have gone to concussion protocol. I actually agree with that. If we're if we're gonna put our foot down on player safety, Marner took a pretty dirty shoulder to the head. Even if he shook it off and felt fine, that's that's not what concussion protocols for. He probably should yeah. have gone off.
1: Did uh, you considering... see his head spin? Sorry to yeah. interrupt you, Johnny. Just did you see his head spin? Like when he got hit from the side, all I saw was his head go, and I was like, "Yeah, oh my god, I can hear the neck cracks from here."
0: <laughs> He's gonna feel that tomorrow like or even now that the game's over he's definitely feeling that. Um so they keep him out on the power play that didn't do anything. Like less than nothing. Less than we've seen them do the entire season. It's like okay, JT got fired up. I love to see that uh, from a guy who's generally pretty emotionless. Uh he gets fired up defending Marner. Great. And I'm like, okay, 5 on 3. Let's get a goal to further defend Marner. Nothing. Not even like passing it around. Just looking. Oh, holding it. You had an open shot there. If you, one timer, nope. We're just gonna hold on to it. The amount of one timers I've seen them not take is is infuriating. <laughs> anyway. uh, it drives so me to up on the, the other wall. Power
1: I'm. I feel like I lost my voice halfway through the game because I was just screaming at the TV shoot the damn puck we're not going to get any chances or put any pressure on this goalie if you don't take them whatsoever so that five on three was just embarrassing to the point where the fans booed them off the ice to end the first period just absolutely brutal you have the most expensive power play in the league playing on that first unit and you just wonder like what are you guys doing like I get that this is the best goalie in the world and you have you you want to sink those perfect shots in but at the same time we need those little dirty rebounds we need the deflections we need anything and you need to challenge the goaltender and put that weight on his shoulders so yeah none of that happens unless you take a shot yeah
0: and Pierre Engvall was absolutely horrible again on the power play. I don't know why he was out there on the power play at all, but the puck rolls back to him. For some reason, he's holding the blue line. I don't know how this series of events put him there, but (laughs) he fans on it, and it skips over his stick and clears the uh, Tampa zone, and they get a change, and that's pretty much the end of the power play. It's like, what? Oh, why are you here? I'd I literally rather Ilya Mikheyev on that third line at this point. like.
1: Yeah, with the 5-on-3 power they moved play. Kerfoot,
0: sorry, I'm glad they moved Kerfoot up off of that line, but mm-hmm. Gary Involve, no matter where they put him on this team, I, I cannot watch him play. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, they put the second unit out with 35 seconds left in the power play, but... It was just embarrassing, and Ingvall not holding the line. He has such a strong reach. The guy is huge. He has the name Giraffe for a reason, but it's inexcusable that there were no shots on net during this 5-on-3 power play, and I don't blame the fans for booing them off the ice, and thank God Jack Campbell was in net, because that period alone could have easily been 3 nothing for Tampa.
0: This whole game could have been like 8 nothing or 8-1 to one <laughs> if it weren't for Campbell, like, holy shit. So, uh, second period, I have a note here, uh, Sandin has Deeks? Sandine yeah. looked unreal tonight. He completely undressed, I don't know who it was on the lightning defense, but almost had an insane goal there. And had a couple other good looks that actually, like, he was the one shooting. He was making Vasilevsky make hard saves. This is Rasmus Sandin. Lock this guy down
1: now. This is the type of defensive play I've been looking for. That shot from the blue line. Talk about it so much. I crave this from the Leafs. And I love the Deeks. We know his dad is in the stands watching from Sweden. So he wants to put on a show in front of his father, which is totally understandable. But, man, Leafs. I totally agree with you. They have to lock this kid down. He is maturing beyond his years. He looks way better than Dermot, way better than Lily. I found Lily a little not so confident tonight with the puck. He had a few giveaways. But, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you about Sandy.
0: Just to defend Lily, he's playing first line against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time Stanley Cup champs. That can't be easy uh, when you've been playing third and second line minutes, and this is kind of your first real shot in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Holy, like you're going to play with Riley. To- Holy, oh, uh, <laughs> Hole was on the third line. Um, but you're going to play with Riley tonight against uh, Stamkos and Point and company. It's like, great. Sounds like a blast.
1: For sure. Yeah, the assignment is definitely not easy, <laughs> to say the least, especially a game coming against Tampa, right? We're both itching for that fourth win in a row, so the stakes were pretty high, but so happy that the Leafs got the two points against a division rival, well, new division rival, of course, for this year, but... If we're talking about the second period, I got to say that fourth line was looking real good. And I have a I positive... I wrote the same thing. Yes. And I finally have a few positive notes about Richie, especially after he Thank set you. up uh Simmons and then Spezza on two great opportunities. I was like, yes, yes, finally, Richie.
0: <laughs> He's found his groove. He's found... This is what I mean. They all got to find their spot. That one's finally clicks that line. I like it don't change anything just move spezza up whenever you need to (laughs) like on pp1 please
1: yeah Exactly, but too bad uh, for the Spets a chance he whiffed on a bouncing puck. Uh, that would have been a really solid chance against uh, Vassie there, especially with the puck bouncing like that. But hey, I'm so glad that they had their opportunity. And Richie has been averaging less than 11 minutes per game for the last uh, four games. So I guess he doesn't have the opportunity to do as much, but you just got to make the most out of every single shift like know what role you play on the team and just utilize your strengths the best that you can
0: yeah i think he has his strengths or his size and go for it honestly no one's stopping you (laughs) nobody on this team is going to tell you don't throw that body around yeah um so this game i mean barring the first period i think they all got their asses kicked in by keith in uh, intermission but Second and third period, they looked a lot better, like, comparatively to against Carolina, say, another team of this caliber. They looked a lot better in the second and third period. They, you know, I have a text from my dad, uh, win or lose. I mean, this is, they're playing like a playoff team, and I, I agree. Uh, luckily, we'll skip over to the third period. Um, third period was just chance after chance both ways.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I, uh, from what I caught of it, it was, uh, unfortunately, it was on the phone for part of the third period, but I was still watching. Got, uh, Tampa goes one way, Leafs go the other way. Tampa goes one way, Leafs go the other way. Um, Jack, 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 Jack. Oh, so it should be 6 nothing right now. Cool.
1: Yeah, the Leafs, both the Leafs and the Lightning kind of lost their defensive play in the third period. They were just scrambling. Whoever can get the puck first, just do what you can and throw it at any angle. And that's good for the Leafs, right? Because there wasn't a lot of pressure on Vasilevsky. But you have to remember, you can't give the puck away that easily because that just creates that two-on-one, three-on-two rush chance down the other end, which... Thank god for Jack Campbell. right? honestly elite. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll say it every single episode if I have to. This guy is definitely on the running for the trophy this year. Like, come on. His numbers are amazing. Love it.
0: Yeah, it's funny. His numbers almost get uh shadowed by the couple of games that the Leafs blew without him, but uh his numbers are really good still. Like, even the game, it was the Pittsburgh game, right, where he came in at the end, he still only let, I don't think he let anything in. Um, mm-hmm. once, or maybe two, or... No, there, it wasn't the Pittsburgh game, because that was when it was Morazic and Hutchinson, right? Or Hutchinson and... and Hutchinson.
1: Anyway,
0: I'm trying to remember what game it was, but there was one where Jack came in to relieve and uh, It was after he got hurt in that game.
1: The first game.
0: Um, yeah. With him in, in, yeah. The first game that Morazic played, and he... Uh, Shut the door down. I like that one for fantasy. Uh, So... Yeah. With the backs and forths, uh, Keith decides to pull the goalie. And the Leafs, actually, with an extra man for once this entire season. Finally. JT, the Capitano, with 41 seconds left, puts one in. I screamed. It was great. I woke up. My neighbors. For (laughs) sure.
1: Me too. Honestly, I screamed so loud. I'm surprised someone didn't come out of the other room running like, what happened? But they, oh, I was just so glad the Leafs capitalized on this power play type situation and didn't have to result in a uh, empty net goal from Tampa. I was so happy, especially with 41 seconds left. That building was just on the, on their feet, going nuts. Leafs nation, deserves this win especially against the reigning stanley cup champions and especially for jack campbell jack campbell versus andre vaskelevsky that come on yeah this is why on one of my fantasy teams i those are my two goaltenders so it was just a a complete showdown with the two goaltenders
0: Yeah, i guess you can't ask for anything worse than or better than a 2-1 game yeah uh, from owning both of them (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shots were pretty high
0: both ends, too. So, uh, we go into overtime, and uh, some weird penalties happen. You want to take that?
1: Yeah, Tavares with a nice chance, draws a penalty going at the net. Hedman with the hook on the gloves... So glad the league is enforcing something, right? Because I got a little scared at the end of the third there with bunting with the roughing call, and then it resulted on a four-on-four. Four. So I was like, whew, let's have a chance, finally. But in the OT, yeah, good on Tavares, just driving that net. That's what we need instead of being too fancy with the puck. So it just set it up perfectly for, uh, I th- I believe the Leafs had six, uh, scoring opportunities and vassy was just amazing shut the door down every Unreal. time but willie styles with the snake oh love it I have,
0: oh you can't see it because my camera's too small on here but then i have a little willie action figure up here love him, and it's so old that he is still number 29 on it
1: oh <laughs> yeah i had Three, to, 88. Uh... Take a jersey in to get that changed. Thankfully, didn't have to pay for it. Thank you, Willie. <laughs> oh, nice!
0: You got a Newlander jersey. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I might but, buy a uh, Riley one
0: now that he's locked down. <clears throat>
1: hey, you might as well, right? He's not going anywhere, yeah. so. <laughs>
0: right, finally no.
1: <sighs> so
0: yeah, Leafs pull it out like they—they they deserve that one. They played like they deserved it. I, it was good. It was an exciting game. It wasn't like a high-scoring, exciting game. It was like, these are evenly matched teams, and they are edging them out, and that's what you want to see.
1: Yeah, and Keith said earlier this week that this week four of the guys were just a measuring stick to see how the Leafs contend against, you know, these teams like Tampa, Boston, etc. So if we needed a win, it had to be tonight, especially going into Boston. Uh, we know that Tampa didn't start very well coming into this game. We had a similar record on the season. I believe Tampa and the Leafs both had 11 points, but the first couple of games, even fantasy owners were like, what is going on? Especially if you drafted Andre Veleski in your first top five picks. So yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That power play unit coming through. This is exactly what we've been waiting for all season long. I know it connected last game, but this is the consistency we need, especially if we're going to be facing Stanley Cup contenders. Like
0: absolutely Tampa, Boston's Boston,
1: Boston, Florida out of all teams, Ugh. like they're on a hot streak. So it, this, this is something to take in and just continue moving forward and learn from your mistakes, do what you need to do. But I also want to bring up that. Justin Hall was scratched for the third game in a row. What are you thinking about that?
0: Wasn't he supposed to be on the third line?
1: He was scratched because Dermot was a game time decision and he ended up playing. So he was projected to be on the third line but uh, he ended up being scratched. So I'm wondering... was in. Does this help? Does this benefit in any way or maybe it really benefits little right because he's getting that time he's getting every opportunity to prove himself but should sheldon keith rotate them or
0: i think the issue that they've always had with having these prospects is they've always been in win now mode for the last decade so there hasn't been a space for these guys to come in and i think now there is on defense, it's like, all right, here's your chance. It's it's now or never. We don't have anybody else to play these positions. It's gonna be you guys are the Marlies, but you've graduated, so here you go. Um and I think Hull might have gotten played out of his spot. Like I think he's gonna be waiting for somebody to get hurt or them to just give someone a day off, but I think he's he's the seventh guy now, honestly. And at two million dollars he can't be. So
1: that's what I mean. Like his salary trade. It doesn't show for him to be scratched every single game because Justin was relied upon so much last year. And this year has just been a train wreck, especially for Muzzin as well. But we know we can't scratch Muzzin, so Hall's the next guy up. And
0: And I think sticking Brody with Muzzin fixes problems most nights. Tonight it didn't.
1: It's funny you say that because as I was listening to the game, the announcers we're repeating all night long. Oh, Brody's having a great game. He looks great out there. And then I w- was watching it. I was like reading our chat and, and such. And I was like, mm.
0: <laughs> I didn't see it. Cause I mean that one, even though Muzzin blew that play and went diving into the net on the goal, it was Brody's guy that got away from him. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't keep the play in front of them on that goal. That was the reason. So I don't know. They looked pretty rough on a couple turnovers, but. They didn't let in another one, so I can't make them out to be villains here.
1: Yeah, for sure. But it's hard because, you know, Leafs Nation, we critique every single mo- movement these players do. And for good reason, right? And it just keeps things entertaining. And But I got to say, the worst defenseman on the ice tonight wasn't even Brody. It had to be Jake Muzzin. Just yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately again. Yeah. It, I hate to talk shit about the guy like yeah
0: I, I i want him to be better you know it's there it's like he, everyone's saying he's got to be hurt or something this is not how he plays and yeah it's hard to say because <laughs> he's been driving the net and he almost had a couple of goals but it's like it, something's shaking him because he he has looks and then it's he holds on to it it's like why didn't you shoot that you exactly a net.
1: like all you need to do is just quick wrist shot at the net. Even if it results in a rebound, then let it result in a rebound and get those second and third chances, especially if you exactly. see a guy in front of the net. So, And when you play a guy like Andre Vaskoleski, you just need to throw every single puck possible at the net. Without, everything. Yeah, without being too careless, don't get me wrong, but just everything. But I don't know, Jake Muzzin, like, good thing it wasn't a 3 nothing game because if that were the case, I do not think the Leafs would have came out of this hole tonight. Good thing. Uh, Jack Campbell only made it one nothing up until the end of the third, but uh, yeah, big win. Very Day emotional. One. I'm just so relieved, so happy for this power play, and it gives me that hope that Toronto looks like a um, playoff team, right? And They're on the right steps. Maybe not right now, but They're on the right track because, yeah, we're They're getting the message. Yeah, exactly. And, like, take, okay, the first 10 games of the year, take your time, figure out the lines. I know we have quite a few new players, but the defense core, it's like, hmm, like, you don't have as much leeway there because not a lot of you are new. So, but, yeah. And just praise Jack Campbell once again. I cannot get enough of praising Jack Campbell, of course. And I saw a tweet tonight, actually, um, questioning the Leafs Nation, saying, uh, do you think Freddie would have made those saves if he were in net tonight?
0: Mm, Under that pressure? No. Because we know how he plays and when he plays well, and those situations are not when he plays well. That's why... Yeah. There's that switch there. It doesn't matter what the numbers say. It's it's very contextual with the Leafs. And for a team that tends to lose the same way a lot, you need somebody that doesn't also lose the same way. Yeah. I think that's the key in Jack Campbell with the Leafs.
1: Yeah, I was glad he wasn't too emotional and just being hard on himself tonight. He just he was a brick wall and ah, love it. Love it. Love Tavares for standing up uh, during that first intermission break for Marner as well and just telling it like it is and letting the guys know like that was a dirty play. I won't be surprised if the league reviews that hit honestly. Oh yeah.
0: I think that's a suspension. I think that's like two games probably two or three.
1: Yeah. Like, oh my God. But thank God Marner is okay and he's not concussed. He was right on the ice right away. So, But yeah like i said earlier that neck movement just scared me every time these guys get hit i'm scared right because i know we have the death i know we have the guys that are ready to come up and ready to play but at the same time like if we lost campbell if we lost oh i lost those shoes cannot be filled so we have to be careful Uh uh-oh
0: All right, we're back here. Sorry, just dealing with some technical issues as we try for the very first time to get this up on YouTube for you guys. So bear with us. We'll get this worked out. I promise. Uh, So as we talk about Jack Campbell, uh, just moving on from the game recap, since Morgan Riley has signed his contract, all eyes have shifted to how do we re-sign Jack Campbell? And when asked about it, he seemed very optimistic about staying. said he wants to stick around in Toronto and loves it here. So... Hey, I, if he wants to stay, it sounds like he's going to take the maybe the best deal the Leafs can offer. Is the, I I guess the best way to put it?
1: We only hope, right? Because with the upcoming coming signings of grant Sandine, Jack Campbell, and possibly Pierre Engvall, there's not a lot of caps. Please don't to resign Pierre with. Engvall. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's gonna be difficult, and we know that Jack Campbell deserves that big money payday because I think I read in an article from his ten years in the league he's only made approximately four million dollars altogether. Four point six,
0: yep, is his career earnings. That's insane. Yeah. He should get that per year,
1: yeah, at least exactly. So honestly, if it were me, I would give him honorary canadian citizenship <laughs> this guy is a legend he's no, from he's michigan great. anyways so hey he's almost there he's just right on the other side of the border but uh if he this he we need him and he's proven himself and you can just tell right just watching his interviews this guy wants to be a leaf especially like we said on last episode or two episodes ago he plays with the elite superstars they have a chance they have a strong cup run ahead of them hopefully so why not stay and if that yeah. means taking a discount hey play for the winning team take the notes of jason spezza right like even if it's three years guys... come, on. Yeah, exactly. come, on. Like, come on
0: come on, come on. Come on, Jack. <laughs> come on. uh yes. so i have to apologize for my worst take of the season mm-hmm. um we didn't touch on this last episode my uh calder trophy prediction and 30 goal score prediction cold caulfield was uh sent down to PAHL by the metro yeah. canadians to be fair sent down because the canadians are absolutely shit and why keep a star prospect on a shit team that can't win It's like if the Leafs were in this situation and Nick Robertson was on the team, I would say get him the hell off this team and send him back to the Marlies, too. I still have to eat that take.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, though. And, yes, you should apologize for that take. But at the same time, there was so much hype about this guy. And he was supposed to be helping the first line with uh, Toffoli and Suzuki. And I know we said these kids cannot be leading the Montreal Canadiens, but They did for a bit. Showed. It di- They did, but at the same time, they played Canadian division and like things were different back then. But Montreal, they have we all yeah. But they're on a horrible start, right? And with with Caulfield in the lineup, they only won two out of ten games. The guy only had one assist, and that dates back to October twenty third. Hey. And with with Caulfield being out of the lineup. He oh, had 3 points that night. So what happened? Seriously, Our, like
0: are Justin Hall and Cole Caulfield just bad luck charms for their teams because uh sorry, but since they both left, uh both their teams have done immensely better.
1: <laughs> I thought leprechauns were supposed to bring luck to teams, okay? Oh. Like Cole Caulfield like this kid, like we said before, he's so used to winning, he's so used to getting his way, but he had a hard, rude awakening coming to the Montreal Canadiens, and you can tell he was pissed, because the second he got sent down, he took all of that Canadiens info off his social media. Yeah, that was so...
0: hilarious. Took like a page out of Carolina's wow. book and just troll Montreal on Twitter.
1: yeah. It's like okay, man. Like you're gonna come back soon, but you don't have to have a social media hissy fit about it. Like it's okay to be a two-way player. You're literally in your first year of the NHL, your first full season, so they're no longer relax. Facebook official. <laughs> yeah, seriously, literally, just like nope. We're no longer dating. I'm off of this, and bye bye. Just, yeah, <laughs> just ghosted Mark them. Yeah, he's literally ghosted them. Mark Bergerman
0: just leaves them on red. <laughs>
1: But we saw it coming because his last game he played on Halloween he only played eleven minutes that game, so we knew something was up. And unfortunately, you know, Mark Bergman is willing to do anything and everything, and the coach was backing him up with his decisions. So yeah, he got sent down, and the team has mm, the top line has been scoring now, and that power play has been scoring even though I think they lost tonight five two to the New York Islanders or whatever it was, but suzuki again with a couple points on the night yeah. so what is the common denominator here
0: <laughs> they don't know what they're doing and they just kind of threw some people in and hope it worked and they're adjusting on the fly that's what it seems like uh we're gonna have to take a quick break here but when we come back sabers made a trade this morning Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm
0: all righty we're back we're back and uh so a trade happened this morning i woke up to notifications that jack eichel was traded to my absolute shock i did not expect it to happen at 8 a.m on a thursday but uh jack eichel goes to the vegas golden knights because of course because the vegas Golden knights are in on everybody and you could have predicted this eight months ago and been crazy and then four months ago and been crazy and then two months ago and been kind of serious and then last week and been probably right and now right
1: (laughs) yeah we thought calgary was going to be the ones to pick him up right and when i woke up this morning saw that text, saw those new notifications, I was like, wow, I'm so happy for the guy. And at the same mm. time, I'm like, yes, Vegas, out of all teams, Vegas, baby. So, good on Jack Eichel. Oh, my God, this is such great news, especially for the last week or so, we've had only horrible news, unfortunately, around the league, but this is a huge plus, and no finally kidding. Jack Eichel will get The treatment he deserves from a caring Vegas organization.
0: Yeah, so Jack's going to get his surgery that he asked for. So that's a win for him. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights get Jack Eichel for basically, I mean, I want to say they fleeced Buffalo. (laughs) That's my take. Uh, And it's not just my take, because NHL 22 Sabres don't even accept this trade, apparently, if you send it to them. Which I find yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Granted, you have to give them, like, I think it's, like, Petrangelo, Stone, Pacioretty, and two firsts in order for them to make the, the trade in NHL 22. Wow. But, still. Um, mm, I don't think Buffalo got... They held out for this? You held out for Alex Tuck and Peyton Craps. So, here, I should actually yeah. say what the actual deal is. So, it's... Jack Eichel and a 2023 third rounder to Vegas in exchange for Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and a protected first rounder next year. Top 10. Top 10 protected. So if this... Oh my god, this is such a bad trade. How did you not get a top 10 pick for Jack Eichel? Like, I'm sorry, but that was a really, really, really bad clause to this trade like i saw the rumors of what the calgary trade was It was like could Chuck a previous first rounder a future first rounder and two prospects so when you see this is what that looks like from vegas it's like really this okay
1: yeah and it makes you think what's going through kevin adams head because he's always saying oh we gotta wait for the perfect time and we need to get something back because this is our captain of the team. He led the Buffalo Sabres with 355 points in 375 games. Mm. So he's literally been the face of the organization since he's entered the league and carried this team the entire time. And it's just a slap in the face, in my opinion, because they waited so long and let, it, let this guy just be in pain every single day. And just it became a stalemate between Eichel and organization and just more and more delays so I'm so glad that this happened and so many players around the league spoke up spoke about this as well including Robin Leonard who also was a little screwed by the Buffalo Sabres when he had the high ankle sprain reports were saying how uh, he was on a bike within a week with the boot on and Literally doing a 300 pound leg presses three weeks into his his uh, rehab and saying how they hired 12 to 13 people who were unfamiliar with hockey the year that he got injured. And it literally led to him getting surgery. So you wonder what is going on in the brains of these people Like you're just unfortunately killing the careers of your superstars.
0: It's yeah, it's tough because they see them as an investment, A, and they can't let Eichel or they can't let Eichel get the surgery that he wants because it sets a precedent. B. If every player is allowed to get whatever experimental surgery they have found from somebody, sure, in this case we see it as a win. But then somebody finds something that isn't great and they say, Well, Eichel got it. I'm using that. I want to get this they go and get it, they never play again. And now this owner and general manager that have invested their money into this have lost their asset. So I I get it a little bit from that standpoint, but this is not a completely experimental surgery. There's been doctors that have come out to talk about it. Somebody has gotten it already. So, uh it's tough. I mean, clearly Vegas is gonna let him get it. So good for them.
1: Yeah, and my thing is, is that, like the GM wanted to wait so long and it's they kind of frame Eichel as this selfish person who wants to do things his way and that's the only way it's going to be but facts are facts like the guy got injured March 7th during a 5-2 loss versus the New York Islanders and he was originally slated to miss 10 to 7 days then the delay started and then Eichel went out of his own way by seeing another doctor on the sidelines to see how severe this injury was because things weren't moving forward. And he tried again at another evaluation, April, May. And then finally it gets to July where Eichel's lawyers release a statement saying that Buffalo is not cooperating and they're literally the ones that's stopping him from playing. And it gets all the way up to September 23rd where Eichel fails his physical at training camp and gets stripped of his captaincy? Wow, huge slap in the face once again. And then it, October 21st, finally, the final plea deal. Like, guys, I want to play this year. I want to play hockey. This guy is super competitive, but this organization was stopping him completely just for means of money. Like, we know that his, his contract is big. But mm-hmm. it's not fair. This guy is human. He has a right to say what goes on in his body. And he we only know our own injuries best. We are the ones who feel our bodies the best. So let the guy have a say, especially if you have so many external opinions happening at the same time, too. Ugh.
0: I just want to touch on him getting stripped of the captaincy because I think there was something else that happened
1: there that
0: influenced that so i don't know if you saw this quote that came out so he talked to elliot friedman jack eichel um i believe this was today uh after he got traded and uh i wanted i'm just gonna read this quote directly from jack eichel because it's hilarious so we obviously changed management in 2020 and it just seemed like we were heading towards another rebuild or another i don't want to say rebuild but we weren't really in a position that we were going to try and win i was hearing a lot of things that we were going to try to do And do a rebuild and i went to the team and i just said i wasn't really happy with the idea of that and if that's the route they wanted to take then maybe it would be better to move me and use me as some sort of a jump start to get some picks prospects whatever you want to say and start your rebuild if that's the case obviously that didn't go over well (laughs) so yeah he heard whispers of rebuild and goes okay use use me like you i'm your captain i'm the biggest scorer on this team trade trade me if i don't want to be a part of a rebuild use me to help said rebuild and they went fucking excuse me (laughs) we were coming on you and i think it really shifted the pagoulas and kevin adams plan with this team uh shit happens sorry guys you mistreated your captain and now he's gone
1: yeah, and I only said in that interview, he was excited about the Taylor Hall signing and had a he, he thought it was a huge opportunity for Buffalo to get ahead of the game, especially with a guy like Hall on your roster, and things just went to shit, unfortunately. And Hall gets moved to Boston, absolutely loves Boston. So there's something with this organization. And at the end of the day, I'm just happy it's done said and done and this guy hopefully jumps in into the surgical room like tomorrow
0: <laughs> hey, he's gonna and freaking jack in the beanstalk with his new golden helmet and oh it's gonna be great over there i can't wait to see it
1: another interesting point too is that um you know how they usually say oh thank you uh Buffalo for right. my time blah 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 nope this guy comes right out of the gate photoshops his head into a uh, Vegas Golden Knights jersey uniform and he's just like Vegas baby Vegas and I'm like yes he's literally yeah. going from Dave and Buster's to a real casino environment <laughs> like he's moving on up finally playing for a contender <laughs> and hopefully showing his worth and all we can hope now is that He will be the Jack Eichel that he once was and a top 10 player in the league. Unfortunately, we don't know what's going to happen after surgery, and it can be between three and five months between his return. So it's not bad. I mean,
0: early side, they get him back in February. So he could even be at the Olympics at that rate.
1: Yeah, imagine, right? Like There's so many possibilities, but the excitement is not over yet because we do know that with all of these players in the roster uh, that are on long-term injured reserve, when they come back, they are close to 6 million over the cap. So we know Vegas is going to make some moves soon.
0: They're going to spend some money because that's what Vegas is good at, is spending money and then somehow still having more money to spend. I don't get yeah. it, man. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, definitely. But now we have that top line. Uh, Vegas finally has a number one center. They've been missing this for so long. Like Chandler Stevenson has been there, but we know he's not a number one center, uh, center, right? So we have Max Pacioretty, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone. Next year, fantasy owners are going to be all over that. Oops it's going to be lit
0: it's hard to tell who's gonna get the points right like i mean if it's gonna be spread out or what but well can't wait for that they're gonna be a fun team to watch i'm i'm so glad they're in the west and we don't have to play them
1: if they weren't fun to watch already right like yeah, vegas right? has already been headlining since they've entered the league and it's always just something new with vegas and I personally believe this is the right organization Jack Eichel needs to enter. And it's a fresh start, fresh slate, new organization. Everyone who comes to Vegas absolutely loves it. So And gets it promptly
0: been... shipped out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. And <laughs> let's say he did go to Calgary. Like, we know it's kind of weird. And... We want him somewhere that he will be completely happy. So I, I think, think Vegas it works. is a
0: good place for him. Calgary's, I mean, he would be, that team would be dangerous. But I think if you're looking for a change of scenery, the culture and just the emotion around that Vegas team right now, like, that's got to be such a blast to go down there. And like, come on, you're in Vegas. How fun is that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Vegas, it, baby. Like, whew. Unfortunately, they're not doing very well right now, but... Eh, injuries, still will be words, fine. Yeah. By the time January comes around, they're going to pull a Tampa, who started horribly uh, a couple seasons ago, and come back and make it to the semifinals, at least.
0: Or St. Louis, who was like in last at the trade deadline and then won the Cup.
1: <laughs> yeah, or Montreal, right? Like, coming yeah, back, huge comeback, going to, to the, the finals. finals. Yeah. So... Oh, so happy for him.
0: So, uh, do you want to play a dartboard? Yeah. we got a bit of time. So, we have a fun game. This is the dartboard presented by Darty Broder at Darty Broder on Instagram and Twitter. He's our little hockey meme buddy who has sent us some fun takes to break down and uh, throw at the dartboard to see how they score. So, yes. just to clarify the rules, we're going to go one dart. If it's a bullseye take, it's a bullseye, and if it's a miss, then it's like a 1 or it misses the board completely. So, first take up. Ottawa finishes higher in the standings than Montreal.
1: This is tricky, because Ottawa is doing well, but besides the fact that their goaltending is shit and they're (laughs) just relying on... Unless they're against the Leafs. Yeah, exactly right. The Ottawa curse. But there's thought that Price, when he returns, things will turn around. And if the gold, gold tending holds up, there's a chance for Ottawa. But I don't know. There's something inside me telling me that the Sens have a great chance of excelling, especially now they have Zub on the first pairing with Thomas Shabbat, and that's been working out amazingly. This guy, this Russian kid, coming up into the league last year and just proving himself right off the bat. I'm going to hit a 11 on the board. Just over the middle. Yeah, going with an 11.
0: Just slightly trending towards Ottawa. Okay, okay. I... I'm going to go like a little higher, but the same idea. I'm going to go with like a 16
1: because
0: I think Ottawa is trending upwards while Montreal has been trending downwards. Like the amount of subtractions they've made over the off season and the performance of some of the players we expected more from this year, the injuries they've had, I think it's a sign that, you know, this this year might not be the year to go for it. I think it might be a reset. Let's take a breather. Let's see what we have. Let's see how Suzuki develops and how Caulfield does down the AHL and et cetera. Whereas Ottawa has just come out of that. This was, you know, their era, as Eugene Melnick called it a couple of years ago, where they were going to spend to the cap and go for it. It's coming up. And I think this is that team that's going to, over the next two, three years, really going to go for it. And uh, we've seen some great development out of them. And like I said, I think they're trending up and Montreal's trending down, especially with Shea Weber now pretty much retired uh, unofficially. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And part of me hopes Ottawa does well because they're such a young team and that top line alone, like Drake Batherson, Josh Norris, just Killing it night in and mm-hmm. night out, and always on the score sheet, and even fantasy relevant, right? So, I've got that is, on my
0: fantasy team, and he's been great. And that's, yeah. you know, not a name that you expect to be getting points from.
1: It's always a good sign when you want to pick up these guys on your fantasy team. So, hey, I wouldn't shoot a 16, but that's why I'm like on the edge with the 11 because I have a feeling as well that Montreal is just going to turn it around eventually and just come out of their slump if it is a slump who knows right but Ottawa just lost five
0: to one to Vegas by the way and Batherson still got an assist there you go (laughs) only minus one too
1: um
0: yeah I'm getting slammed in goals this week by the way I'm down 10 to four (laughs) uh so our second take we'll go for the Florida Panthers are going to win the President's Trophy
1: you know, I am, I'm going to hit the bull on this, not the bull's eye, but I'm going to hit the outer ring bull because Ooh. I have a huge belief that Florida is going to be on top all season long alongside Carolina. They are doing amazing. And the key to that success right now is Bobrovsky, right? And After who would have thought? Yeah. He was supposed to be amazing after the trade, and then he just went downhill to the point where Spencer Knight was in the talks of being the number one goaltender for the team. And, and Babowski makes guy... ten
0: million dollars.
1: And where everyone said, oh, worst trade, worst trade. Oh my God. But yeah, this this guy has absolutely turned her around. These two top lines are amazing, especially with the addition of Sam Bennett. And now we have Um, Reinhardt on the team, literally Buffalo's best player at the time after Jack Eichel. So they're first in the Atlantic. They're 8-0-1 before tonight's game. The Leafs have a lot on their hands. Don't get me wrong. I know there's Tampa, there's Boston. But Florida should be one of the biggest, if not competitors for the Leafs. The good news, though, is that they don't play them until March 27th, if you believe it or not, even though it's the same division. I don't know how that worked out in the schedule, but...
0: Weird. Yeah. Um, So Bobrovsky came in tonight against Washington. They were uh, getting lit up. He stopped all 13 shots after relieving uh, Spencer Knight. And uh, that puts him at, over his last one, two, three, four, five, six appearances... An average of, like, 1.3 goals against.
1: There you like, go. Get the hell out
0: of here. He's rocking like, a 960 save percentage. Like, get I don't out know of here.
1: What happened in the summer? I don't know if he read everything online and just decided, okay, I got to work for this salary now. And the team in front, they're absolutely elite. So Ugh, there's hurts. no excuse for this team. They have Ekblad back from injury. This, honestly, perfect team to stack in fantasy as well. So I can definitely see them going all the way.
0: I'm sorry, they have 41 goals for. They're leading the league in goals for. <laughs> That's, That's what I mean. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, so the last one, I mean, we really already covered this, but let's give it a number. Buffalo well, what's State... your take, Johnny? Oh, yeah, I guess I got to give one. Uh Panthers going to win the presence Trophy. Uh... I'm going to give it like an 18 just because still Carolina is like right behind them and they've played one last game and are undefeated. Whereas Panthers have now lost one in overtime to Carolina. (laughs) So, you know, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle, but I I wouldn't count them out by any means. That's fair. Uh, Buffalo Sabres won this trade.
1: Hmm. Hmm. You never win a trade when you lose your star. Let's just put that down first. Even though he's injured, you do not win trades by doing that. But the plus side is that they did pick up Alex Tuck, who is a hometown boy. He's from upstate New York, and he's probably the only person in the league to actually admit that he is proud to put on a Buffalo Sabres jersey. So,
0: Sure, on paper and an interview.
1: Yeah, and this young core, like, with the Buffalo Sabres, they have nine first round picks, age 22 and under in the organization. They have three first round picks in 2022 and three oh, second ra- rounders in 2023. So we know that this team is going to be literally 22 and under besides Craig Anderson, surprisingly, who is holding down the fort in net. Like we've, we would never expect to say that, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Buffalo Sabres win- winning this trade.
0: The Sabres uh, have such a stupid abundance of draft picks right now and $15 million of cap space. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if... I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I'm going to shoot a four at the board only because of the picks they got in return. The um, acquisition of Alex Tuck, Krebs, and... Everything that comes with that. But I can see the Sabres team going pretty far in the next three years after these guys get out of their entry-level contracts. But for now, it's a loss. We all know it's a loss for the Sabres. It's a loss for everyone. The only one winning today was Jack Eichel. So he can finally recover and get back to the elite status that he holds. But... um, Yeah, I'm going with a four. I know that's pretty high, right? (laughs) But I don't Um, know.
0: I'm just looking up how old these guys are. So Tuck is 25 and Krebs is 20. So, okay. Had this been a just open-ended first rounder, not a top 10 protected pick, I would say that this isn't the worst deal when you're getting rid of Jack Eichel, because I don't think there is any way you can win that. Mm. damn it this is hard because i don't think it's an awful trade but i think they lost pretty badly i think there had to be something better they could have gotten from calgary uh damn it i'll give it uh, honestly i'm i'm throwing a one at this i think they got something but i think this was very heavily tipped one way this trade
1: yeah it's a huge opportunity's opportunity for these young guys, but Krebs got immediately sent down to the NH or the AHL today. Really? It's not like he's yeah, he's not even like he's uh joining the main roster. So maybe they want to give him in. some time. Maybe right because they and, made another
0: trade right after, didn't they? Or no Buffalo made another trade uh, right after. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh I can definitely see them in the market uh yeah, now for a goaltender because they're leaning on Craig Anderson, out of all people, which has, they've, he's been pretty solid, right? This team is gathering the wind somehow. I think they're third in the division right now, and they have alternate captains of Zegas, Zegas, sorry, Jurgensen's. Oh my God, butchered that one. And Kyle Akapozo. So th- those, that's how random this team is. And yeah. everyone just wants to, make something of themselves and now we have a hometown boy and Alex Tuck and we know that Tuck can be that game-winning differential and that go-to guy on the power play so it's
0: I think it's more telling of the picks and the cap space they have that they are going to spend and go for somebody else to replace Jack Eichel like this they haven't replaced him yet and I think they're going to they're going to really try to bring in the big name there Whether it's, like, maybe Vlad Tarasenko. Mm. Like, I think that could be somebody they're targeting because he wants out of uh, St. Louis. So
1: Mm -hmm. that
0: could be somebody who would do well with a change of scenery. And Buffalo's change of scenery is at a point where it's, like, Vegas, where it's, like, whatever. Let's just go and see what happens because I think their bad reputation has been broken a bit by how well they've done at the beginning of this year. And I think some guys might be like, hopping on the train like but you know what i'll 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 help this cause this seems fun
1: yeah and it, the problem was that they relied too heavily on jack eichel and he was the face of the organization but now finally these young guys can come through like we haven't even seen the likes of owen power and ryan johnson so i right. don't I'm know owen power yeah exactly we don't know what's coming and We'll see if Owen Power comes up from the AHL anytime soon. I don't know. Maybe Christmas time is my best guess, but I'm really interested to see where this team goes and what they build from this young core, because, hey, we were in that position too when the Leafs picked up all these young players and we were known as the youngest, youngest team in the league at one point. So you they never know. There quick. could be Yeah. And, there could be hidden superstars or hidden talent, especially in Alex Tuck.
0: Um, Agreed. Did you uh, – sorry, I just got an update. Brock Nelson scored four goals tonight.
1: Pardon and so me. did Bergeron. Yeah. <laughs> so did Bergeron. I believe three of them were on the power play, and I have Bergeron on my fantasy team, and he's been absolute garbage thus far, let me tell you. But, uh, yeah, today he just came through and – Scored all those goals, and they had uh, Swayman and Nett, the rookie goal uh, netminder. Unbelievable. But unfortunately, I know he almost had a shutout by the end of it, and I was sad to see Raymond get that power play goal, especially versus my fantasy opponent, Molly, there, who has Raymond and Cider stacked. So, Weesh. yeah. Uh, Bergeron, though, yeah, four goals. Amazing. And Brock Nelson, out of all people, right? Like. Right.
0: Pulling a, a, a... Make his a out of his ass. So, uh, with that, we'll wrap up Dartboard. Thank you for playing, Steph. Remember uh, to follow at Darty Broder over on Instagram and Twitter for all your greasy hockey memes. So, with that, we should wrap this up with our, uh, our announcement, shouldn't we?
1: Yes, I think it's time.
0: Okay, so... How do I start this? So, we kind of... Didn't have much of a plan when we started this podcast. It was the day of the first game. We decided we were going to launch this. So some things have happened as we come up with new ideas. And one of those has been how to, uh, how to pay for doing this podcast. Because, I mean, we would, we would gladly continue doing this uh, out of our own pockets, but um, it would be nice to not be uh, burning money to keep talking about the Leafs. So (laughs) uh, we are... Attempting to start bringing in some different ads But in the meantime, we have an idea and uh, This will be totally dependent on the reception from all of you But we want to launch a patreon Which would have three different levels Uh, the first of which at five dollars a month would make you a sponsor of the music in all of our episodes uh, Because we have to pay for a music license to use all that. So this would be uh, everybody that is part of that dj um tier as we're calling it would get a shout out at the uh either the intro the middle break or the outro um with the music the second tier and this is where it gets fun uh, of producer you would get to sponsor one of our segments so this is either having one just named after you you can submit a name for one you can submit an entire segment if you have a good idea uh, but basically one segment every Week, uh, we'll say I th- I've capped it at four, so it would be one per week for those four people. You get to basically run a segment as I do. And our third one at 20 a month gives you the ability to phone in live to our show. So with our, uh, our software here, we have the ability to have people call in live and you can ask your question and join the discussion. You can talk to us and, uh, this would be available for most episodes. Uh, you can join in on the show and be part of it and you'll be on our posted podcast now i have to say a little disclaimer uh if anything is inappropriate i do edit these before they go up so um i get that you are paying for something but if you abuse that i will edit you out so just have to throw that disclaimer (laughs) in there i'm not going to post your dumb uh offensive things so the side to that is our top two tiers we want to add something very fun so once a month starting next month uh, because i'll have the time to do it um we're going to do a community show so what that will be is i'm going to post a link to our studio here um and everybody will be able to join who is a second or third tier member and we're going to have a big leafs twitter hosted Discussion about whatever is going on with the Leafs and everything up until that point and everything moving forward. Uh, we'll just, we'll have some different topics prepared and, uh, maybe I'll prep a game or something that we can all play, uh, and try and win points, maybe some Leafs trivia, but that is something that we will get into once a month and that'll be for all of the second and third tier members. Uh, if I'm forgetting anything else, everybody who is of any of the tiers will have your questions sent to us prioritized so if we start getting a bunch of questions we'll make sure we get to yours if you are one of our patreon members so you get a shout out every episode no matter which tier you are uh the perks just keep going up so let us know what you think of this we have everything set up to go i um i think it would be really fun but uh this kind of depends on interaction and engagement from you guys so let us know what you think um if you have anything that you would like to receive in exchange for. Uh, helping support the show, then let us know and we can we can try to work that in as well. But uh that's the plan.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited about this, Johnny, when you brought it up. And like like you said, this was this was an idea created on a whim from a couple of Leafs fans who have real raw emotion. And we just want to come together and discuss with you guys. And even when I joined the Twitter community, it just it's an it's amazing how much passion there is and win or lose we all have the right mindset and I'm so fortunate to be a part of this podcast and I just want to thank everyone out there who's listening and who has tuned in, downloaded our episodes and big shout out. Thank you to Johnny and, and for doing this, uh, without you guys, it wouldn't happen. So thanks again. And I'm really looking forward to the future and what this holds and to share our emotion and opinions with you guys, just coming from a non sponsored you know corporate point of view we're just regular people so yeah this is this is great news
0: yeah and, and thank you for joining this crazy uh journey with me it was uh i kind of roped you in with yeah we'll do one episode see how it goes and here we are on episode 11 so um that's another thing Steph brings up a good point by not being supported by ads we have much more freedom Um, in what we are allowed to say and talk about, and we will not be limited by whatever sponsors we get. Now, I know some of them aren't very limiting, but you never know what could happen. I know it it tends to influence a lot of sports media, so we want to stay as free and uncensored as possible. So uh, if this is something that you guys want, let us know and sign up on our Patreon, and we will post that wherever Uh, you guys can get it. It'll be up on our Twitter. Uh, We'll link it on our YouTube. I don't know where else we are, but it'll be there.
1: (laughs) It'll be there. It'll be there. As long as you're there.
0: Right. (laughs) So uh, it's getting late. With that, we should sign off for the night. Thank you so much again. Uh, We are on YouTube. So subscribe if you like what we're doing here. Uh, Head over to our Patreon if you really like what we're doing here. Find us audio on Spotify and all the good podcast apps.
1: Yes. Yes finally you guys get to see our faces and we're out of our onesies and our pajamas so get to see that real reaction and yeah just very nice to be available everywhere so thanks again
0: thank you guys have a good night
1: good night